0: Have you tried training methods that just didn't work? Do you feel that your pet is not getting his or her nutritional needs met? Are illnesses and bad behavior your daily norm? You're going to want to join me on the Pet Parenting Reset, where you'll hear interesting and informative interviews and get solutions to all your pet problems. I'm your host, Jessica L. Fisher. Welcome back, pet parent. I am so happy you are joining me again today. I titled today's episode, The Carnivore in Your House, because I read, <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. I read a blog post from Truth About Pet Food the other day, and I was going to record a podcast based on that blog post. and. I talked to a friend about it and she said that was satire Jessica <laughs> and I had to go back and reread it. And I don't know if she had it there at the beginning by she, I mean Susan Thixton who um, runs the blog truth about pet food, but I don't know if she had it there. Cause I like, I, I almost never do this. I don't know about you. I have like over a hundred emails that I need to get to in my inbox, but I actually saw this email. And that morning, as I was waking up out of bed, I clicked on it. Instead of saying, I'm gonna get to that later, I clicked on it and I read it. So I don't know if like so many people thought she wasn't joking, that she came back in and added a big bold line at the top that says, none of this is true. Um, but I definitely did not see that the first time <laughs> I read the blog post. And so, anyway, my friend was like, Jessica, that was that was satire, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I felt so silly, (laughs) but it made me rethink how I wanted to talk about uh, our pets today on today's podcast episode because it triggered me (laughs) when I read it. And the blog post was about, and again, none of this is true, but the blog post was about the um, pet food manufacturers trying to... petitioning AFCO to let them add a new term, cornivore, meaning that animals that primarily eat corn. And it triggered me so, so badly because I can see this happening. I can... I like, I, I could have believed it um, without her writing... That it was a it was satire that it was not true at all um, that she was just making fun of what is reality for most of us parents. Um, she was making fun of reality basically and how absurd certain things are and they are pretty darn absurd, which is why I initially believed it and I'm so glad that I talked to my friend about it and she told me that it was not true so that I could go back and reread it with that mindset. But all of that said, I'm glad, I hope you had a, a good laugh at my expense, but especially if you read the blog post and knew that it was satire. But anyway, all of that said, I wanted to talk to you today about the carnivores living in our because the reality is that dogs are carnivores and cats are not only carnivores, but obligate carnivores. And I know this is not something that I have, um, you know, this isn't new if you've been following me, right? You know that our dogs and cats are carnivores and there are many rationale like that. we understand this from a biological, from a physiological perspective, from an evolutionary perspective. So I first wanted to talk to you about Well, one of the ways that we know for sure that dogs and cats are both carnivores is that they do not produce the amylase in their saliva. So amylase is basically a compound. We produce it because we're omnivores. So I'll talk about that in just a minute. So amylase is produced in the saliva of herbivores and omnivores to help them start to break down plant matter as it enters our mouth. So there's already a breakdown happening of plant matter before it reaches our digestive tract. Cats and dogs don't have this. They do not produce amylase in their saliva. So they don't have the advantage of beginning to digest plant matter before it reaches the digestive tract. And this is one of the reasons why there has been so much research on can cats and dogs digest plant matter at all. Um, cats I, I do not do well with plant matter. That's not to say that there aren't some exceptions to the rule, but in general, they don't have a great ability uh, to di- digest plant matter. Dogs have evolved over time because they live so closely with us humans and we have been feeding them scraps which include plant matter for many 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 um, hundreds if not thousands of years that their pancreas now produces a chemical uh, to help break down the plant matter whereas their normal, regular, ancestral dig- digestive tract does not allow them to break down plant matter. All of that said, the difference in herbivores, omnivores, carnivores, there are lots of differences, not just in the amylase that's produced in the saliva of herbivores and omnivores. So when we think of herbivores, we're thinking of animals like cows, right? Now cows are kind of an interesting example of herbivores because they have many, many stomachs because they literally graze on, like a species appropriate diet for a cow, they graze on grass all day long and the amount of plant matter that they take in they have to have multiple stomachs to process this so they are very uniquely equipped uh, to digest the amount of plant matter that they are designed to take in every single day Um, as omnivores we can do both plant and meat though I, I am on a journey, if you are not part of the Patreon family, um, I, first of all, don't know why not. You can join for as little as a dollar a month, but I posted, um, by the time this goes live, I think it'll be two weeks ago, about my review of a book called The Carnivore Code. And me personally, I am trying to bring my own uh, dietary habits back to a more ancestral state Um, Very much like I try to do with my dog and my cats. Um, So that's a topic for another conversation. But vitamin D is where I'm headed with this. So vitamin D is crucial for life. It is one of the building blocks of our immune system. It's one of the best ways to boost our immune system naturally. So And we need it right? So if we think about some of the things that have been happening in the past few years, it has become very, very evident that those of us, I know, I think worldwide, but I know this has been a big topic in the United States specifically, and I I think, you know, Europe and other countries, um, a lot of people who have not fared well over the past couple of years, uh, one of those key markers is low vitamin D and that's because we need it. For our immune system to function properly so vitamin d is 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 interesting because herbivores can actually take sunlight and their cells by taking in those uv rays from the sunlight can turn that into vitamin d in the body omnivores which is what we are as humans we can do we can get vitamin d two ways we can not only take the UV rays from sunlight and transform that into vitamin D in the body, which is incredible and highly recommended, but we can also eat animal protein, eat animal meat and organs and transfer the nutrients from that animal based protein that we are eating into vitamin D. Now here is the big distinction with our carnivores like our dogs and our cats they are not able to take the UV rays from the sun and transfer that into vitamin D. They still have a need for vitamin D, but they have to get meat. They have to get animal protein in their body to transfer that into vitamin D and many, many other things, of course, but specifically today I'm talking about the vitamin D. Now, there are many, many, many health benefits of vitamin D. And I don't want to go into all of that today. I really just wanted to focus on, if you want to hear more about vitamin D, of course, reach out to me on the socials or Patreon if you're part of the Patreon family. Um, I actually have done a teeny teeny little bit before on vitamin D, but there's actually, there's, there's a lot that we can talk about with vitamin D. So if you want to hear about it, let me know. But, there are certain things like vitamin D. This is not the only thing, but like vitamin D that we really need to take into account when we are raising our pets, when these, uh, we're trying to bring up healthy, happy, uh, carnivores in our home. Right. And meat is su- animal based protein is such an important part, not only of our diets, but our dogs and our cats diets as well. Um, so When we are looking at a bag of food or a can of food that we are purchasing for our pets, it is so important to pay very, very close detail to and attention to the ingredient label. When we think about the fact that our dogs are carnivores and our cats are obligate carnivores, why do we want to purchase foods that have a lot of starches in them. Why do we want to purchase foods that have, um, a ton of pea, pea protein, pea isolate, all of those things. Why do we want to, why do we want that in our foods? It's basically the pet food manufacturer trying to supplement the protein because the meat that they're using is so degraded. The nutrient value is so degraded that they have to bring in protein sources from other places. Why do we want to see peas? Why do we want to see tapioca? Why do we want to see potato? Why do we want to see um, legumes and lentils and chickpeas? Why do we want to see these things? We don't. Um, we, we don't want to see these things in our pet food and if they are really really high on the ingredient list, so if you're not familiar with reading an ingredient list, the very first thing listed On that ingredient list is supposed to be the majority percentage of what's in the food. So, And then it just goes down from there. So the top percentage on on down is how an ingredient panel is supposed to read. One of the things that pet food manufacturers do to trick us, and and I'm not saying that it's only pet food manufacturers, I'm sure there are some processed human foods available um, that are doing the same things, but they will break up one one nutrient source like peas into multiple categories. So they do this a lot in human food with different sugars. Um, but you'll see like pea protein, pea isolate, pea whey, things like that. And if they actually combined all of the peas they were putting into that food, it would probably be the very first ingredient, but they don't want you to read that as the first ingredient. So they break it up so that they can put something else as the first ingredient in the food. But I really want you to take a moment and just go around your house and look at the ingredient labels on whatever pet food you're currently feeding. Now, if you're feeding uh, a DIY raw food diet, wonderful, especially if you are, I mean, hopefully you're balancing that food. It's, it's really, really important actually that we do provide them nutrient uh, balancing, whether you're balancing, um, every meal or over time. Here's my preference. I, i am not against balancing every meal for my dog. In fact, most of her meals are completely balanced because I use commercial, uh, commercially available raw foods for my dog, but I'm totally for balancing over time with dogs. Once they have left the puppy stage, once they are considered an adult dog, um, And then once they're geriatric, I think we need to try the best we can to also feed um, complete and balanced as much as possible every meal, though it can be a little bit more difficult with geriatric dogs, um, especially if we're dealing with health issues and sensitivities and things like that. But for our cats, I much prefer balancing every single meal. Um, That is just my preference. Um, It's definitely not what you have to do. That's just, again, my preference. So when we feed our pets a species appropriate diet, oh, how wonderful, how wonderful is that? Not only do we feel good about what we're giving our pets, but they feel better because their body is now getting the nutrients they need in the form that it is best, for their body to derive nutrients from. Um, it is much more bioavailable um, to their bodies to eat whole foods. So if you've ever talked to uh, a nutritionist or a doctor about yourself, about humans, and you're asking about certain vitamins and things like that, and of course most doctors are gonna want you to um, take you know, a multivitamin daily, but that's because we eat so poorly, they're always going to say, wouldn't it be much better for you to get for example, vitamin C from eating an orange than from taking a vitamin C pill. So it's the same thing when we're talking about feeding our dogs. And one of the reasons that it's so much better to get that vitamin C from an orange rather than taking a pill is because when you're eating an orange, your body it's much more bioavailable for your body because it's in its natural state, but also because you're also getting all the other wonderful nutrients and fibers from eating that orange. At the same time, you're getting the wonderful vitamin C from it, so your body is able to combine all of that and utilize it in much more efficient ways. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, (laughs) um, the idea behind feeding whole foods versus supplementing, especially when we're using um, vitamin mixes and supplements that are not whole foods. So feeding, not just feeding, but caring, for the carnivores in our home is a bit more complicated than buying a bag of food and playing with them. Like, yeah, that's, they're going to survive that way. Um, but don't we want our pets to thrive and understanding and realizing, I think this is one of the things using proper terminology. That's why I really wanted to continually say the word carnivore and not dogs and cats in this video is because... Using the proper terminology can help rewire our brains to think in different ways. So when we say, I live with a dog, I live with a cat versus I live with carnivores, we're thinking about them differently. We're realizing that carnivores need meat. They need fresh whole animal proteins, um, to thrive, to really, really thrive. So I wanted to just kind of put that little, nugget in your brain and hopefully, hopefully (laughs) it helps you switch a little bit, like it helps your mind switch and think about how to, caring for the animal that you live with is more than caring for a dog, caring for a cat. Caring for a carnivore requires a little bit of a different thought process. hope that makes sense (laughs) and I hope you share this with um, any and everyone who has pets which I know is a lot of people uh, because we really need to start thinking differently about our pets and how to care for them in order to care for them in the best way possible so with that I'm gonna go ahead and end today's podcast I hope you and your pets are having a wonderful day Um, if you again haven't shared the podcast lately i hope you do so all right guys i will talk to you next week bye